0: Willkommen to Socks. Hello and welcome to Socks, so called Strangers. My name is Christine and I have called Strangers to find out what we have in common. To live and let live. This is a quote from Amanda. She's the stranger I'm meeting today. Amanda is 68. And lives in Lagos, Nigeria. Amanda grew up in Berlin, which I can tell from her accent right away. It sounds so nice and matches her personality perfectly. I'm therefore really annoyed when I realized that the recording of our conversation didn't work. Ah, uh, I only have very few original quotes from her. But you know what? I could still remember everything she told me. And this is because... When Amanda talks, she radiates such energy and down-to-earth self-confidence. It's just intoxicating. Initially, we wanted to speak about Lagos, but I'm so fascinated by Amanda's personal story that we end up talking mainly about Amanda herself. It ain't that interesting, she remarks. Well, I beg to differ. Amanda is from a lineage of strong women. Her grandmother had a child while she was unmarried. She was one of the legendary rebel women who rebuilt the German cities after the war with their bare hands and who had to go on food hunts in the countryside. Amanda's parents separated when she was still little. When her father left the family, he cleared the family home. Amanda recalls, he left Mum and me with one single bed. We carried on, and it was doable. Whenever Amanda was at her granny's in her small garden, she could be just a child, strolling barefoot through the grass, she would look for plants and collect small animals. There she experienced for the first time what would turn out to be very important to her all her life – To be able to lose herself in nature, to watch plants and animals, to lose track of time, to observe the stars in the sky, to have simple but delicious and great food, and to learn that an oil lamp can offer enough light. And most of all, she learned from her mother and grandmother that a woman is not only capable of being independent, but that she has to be independent. Amanda was only four when she knew that she wanted to become a hairdresser. Even when she was diagnosed with partial hearing impairment and sent to a special school, Amanda wasn't deterred from her plan. Following her determination to be independent, she not only pursued an apprenticeship, but also graduated from a master class with a diploma which allowed her to start her own business. It's almost 50 years since I started, she says. And I never regretted my choice. And she sounds very content. Isn't that great? Although we have only talked for some minutes, Amanda has painted such a clear picture of her upbringing. Like like in a movie, I can imagine post-war Berlin when when women had to deal with everything all by themselves. Amanda's mum and grandmother, who couldn't afford to complain, who had to carry on, to move on. And who were such great role models for little Amanda. They showed Amanda not only what independence means, but they were simply no-nonsense women. In 1972, Amanda met Bobby, a Nigerian student in Berlin. Bobby was the love of her life, a quiet and sensible man. Amanda remembers the day when she introduced him to her mum. My mum said, nothing. Nothing. So he was African. Yeah, but there were no remarks, ever. Bobby was immediately accepted. Amanda's mum will soon turn 90, and until recently, she's come for month long visits to Nigeria every year. Some years into their relationship, Bobby asked Amanda, if she would move to Nigeria with him. Amanda says, she would have gone anywhere for her husband.
1: And then came after the issue. But as I said, we were so young, until it happened, and many years have passed. But I always had this attitude. And then the other, why can't he stay here? Like, yeah? And why can't he stay here? Why can't he stay here? Why can't on he stay one side? Uh-huh.
0: Amanda says people asked me why I was moving to Africa in the first place and she shakes her head in disbelief because Bobby could have easily stayed in Germany but it can't always be the same person who leaves his or her home I can only be happy if the person I love is happy too I was always open for change, for an adventure. And then she adds, quite matter-of-factly, had it turned out to be wrong, I simply would have gone back. Amanda decided to embrace her new life. When she first visited Lagos, she immediately liked it. And a few years later, Amanda and Bobby bought the plot at the outskirts of the city, where they would later build the house in which she's still living today. The metropolis Lagos has annexed more and more former outskirts since. The city grew from 5 million inhabitants back when Amanda first came to an incredible 23 million people today. In the beginning, Amanda says, they had to tie a rope around the palm tree at the road as a reminder where they had to turn to get to their plot. Because everything was grassland. At night, nothing but an endless sky full of stars over them. In cloudy nights, it would be so dark that you couldn't see your own hand before your face. Monkeys would cross your path, even antelopes. You could hear owls at night. Today, there are no longer any animals behind her backyard, but Amanda has nice neighbors all around. She knows most of them. We are all very open. And welcoming with each other, she says. Amanda's husband Bobby died 16 years ago. He always did what he could do in order to support us, Amanda says. There were difficulties in their everyday life, of course. In the beginning, there was no plaster on the walls of the house, let alone paint. There weren't even doors. Naja,
1: und dann hatten wir keine Türen, weil die in Lagos they they <laughs> so teuer waren, hat Bobby die aus dem Südbaram gestellt, aber hat Bill ja gekriegt, aber vier Türen haben sie ja nicht geliefert, die haben wir es heute noch nicht. Also alles aber das sind so Sachen, sowas kann mich nicht erschüttern, geägerst dich so, aber weißt du was zu erzählen, weißt da was erlebt, wenn mich immer diese... Und die Türen haben wir heute noch nicht, weil die Küchentür wollte ich auch nicht. Nur die Badezimmertüren haben wir einen Schrank erstmal vorgestellt, bis die geliefert wurden. Und dann haben wir den Kindern schild, Kinder schild mal, besetzt oder frei. Ja, dann hat man ja auch manchmal, wenn es besetzt war. <lacht> ja, und dann haben wir die Eingangstüren, hatten wir auch nicht, nur Gittertüren. And then we had the matratzen herangebaut and all zugemacht, but the mäuse and ratten and bushratten, it was a ja bush. We were trotzdem manchmal
0: reingekommen. <laughs> Bobby had ordered doors from outside of Lagos, but some were never delivered. They still haven't arrived, Amanda laughs. Something like that doesn't bother me, she says. Yeah, it's frustrating. While you're in it, but later it's always a good story. Instead of a proper house door, they installed a metal grid. Although they sealed it in the night with cloth and foam, sometimes mice, rats or bush rats would pay a visit and roam the house. Bush rats. I mean, how gross is that? I wouldn't have been so cool like Amanda was. A huge fire at the national energy supplier led to a power cut in the area. It lasted two years. Not only was there no electricity, but the water supply was also interrupted. I went to get water from the well, Amanda says with a shrug. It was like that. There were very few houses in the neighborhood back then, so the company felt no pressure to fix the problem. My mother was visiting and she did the same. She would fetch water from the well. It was doable. It was doable. Amanda repeats that often. I mean, two years without proper electricity and water from the tap. Hey, seriously? I mean, I could have coped for a week, max. Amanda agrees that those years weren't easy. You just needed to figure out how to manage the situation, she says. It was tough, but I don't easily give up. Amanda's both kids grew up in Lagos, but after finishing high school, they decided to go into different directions. Amanda's daughter, in good family lineage, a self-determined and, in the best possible way, energetic woman, Is working in Africa for a company in agriculture technology. Amanda's son lives in Munich and works in the automotive industry. I ask Amanda why she didn't return to Germany after Bobby's death. Well, Amanda muses, I've lived here for 30 years. Whenever I'm in Berlin and realize what people call a problem, how they complain. On a really high level. I just can't make sense of it.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Und, um, ich versuche auch, es den Schlechten immer was um, zu zu machen. Aber manche, die jammern nur, und gerade der Deutsche, wenn das nicht immer alles ist auf der Minute, dann läuft gar nichts. Dieses mhm. Jammern war auf hohem Niveau. Ich bin ja auch die ersten Jahre, könnten wir uns das nicht leisten, nach Deutschland zu fliegen in Urlaub, dass ich schon dann auch so einen Abstand hatte von Berlin jetzt. Ich bin ja aus Berlin. Und als ich dann das erste Mal dahin hinkam, kam ich mir selber wie Neuslander vor. Ne? Also, und dann ist es die Jammer und der Bus ist schon wieder zwei Minuten zu spät und, und, und nächste Woche stellen sie das Wasser für zwei Stunden ab. Und ich ich habe das Wasser aus dem Brunnen und ich war froh, dass ich überhaupt Wasser hatte.
0: Amanda says, I guess I'm quite uprooted. She feels uprooted, but I don't hear any regret in her voice. She doesn't seem to feel uprooted as in homeless. So I need to ask her, Amanda, do you feel that you don't have a home country or do you rather like have two roots at two different places? Amanda ponders this question for a while and finally replies, I'm at home here in Lagos. I sense that actually she doesn't like to be drawn into a discussion about all these concepts. What is a home country, a homeland, where do you belong to? They don't matter to her. And that surprises me. I've always thought of home and identity as something everyone needs and and needs to define. I realize now that this is my way of categorizing, and it doesn't necessarily apply to everyone. Categories aren't Amanda's jam in general. She thinks that categories may turn into differentiations, and when it comes to differentiation or even discrimination, Amanda, who's usually so laid back, loses her cool. She tells me about discrimination against homosexuals in Nigeria. I can definitely see anger in her eyes now. She says, to live and let live, that's my motto. But discrimination, racism or homophobia are intolerable. I mean, how can you possibly have a problem with gays? She asks. In Nigeria, Homosexuality is illegal, and its Islamic states even apply the death penalty. It's horrid, Amanda says in a low voice. And she adds, and there's also racism here. I must look puzzled. Racism in Nigeria? She explains to me that it's not the systemic racism of white people against people of color. In Nigeria, racism follows tribal borders, mostly those between Yoruba, Hausa and Igbo. Were you ever afraid? I ask her. Amanda replies, you know, I personally as a white woman never felt any fear. Sometimes my husband didn't like it when I took the kids to certain places. I went to any part of the town, to any market. I never had any problems. She hesitates a moment. Well, there are certain areas I wouldn't go at night alone anymore. But those exist in Berlin too, right? Oh, yeah. In fact, Amanda says she never hid behind barbed wire fences in her house like other white people. And she never drove around with a bodyguard. I hate to be dependent, she repeats, which of course doesn't surprise me. Well, there is no Berlin Transport Authority here. So I have used Okadas. Those are taxi motorbikes. I've used danfos the minibuses and the big intercity buses. Amanda says... It's on these trips where she met the regular, the average Nigerian. If there was one opinion she would dare to generalize, it's that she thinks Nigerians are happier and kinder than Germans. It is true, she confirms a cliché, even the beggars smile here. As far as how Nigerians behave with each other, she regrets that the tone has become rougher recently. Usually, she says Nigerians are civil and polite. But Amanda recalls a recent scene at the airport. So she tells me, imagine, the waiting area, full of young people. An older woman approaches, and none of the younger people moves to offer her one of their seats. Bad manners. Bad manners like that make Amanda furious. Back in the days, she says, this wouldn't have happened. Ah, Too bad my English is not fast enough for such a situation. Well, I ask her, did she voice her opinion then? Amanda replies, I admire people who walk the streets for their beliefs. I couldn't do that. I usually become quiet in public. But that moment... Amanda stops talking and just smiles. I have a feeling... That the story didn't end well for those fellas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I wonder if I had uh, the courage to speak up in that situation. Amanda doesn't glorify Nigeria. She knows about the crime and the medieval-like spiritual spells called juju. Whether it's the inequality of very rich versus very poor people. The corruption, the catastrophic infrastructure. These are all areas she's aware of. Material goods were never important to her.
1: And it's ist wirklich so for viele,
0: a bit rich. of a bit of a bit of a bit of of a bit of these people are poor because they're never content, but I am. She reads with amazement about the super-rich of Lagos, the huge mentions of politicians. What upsets her is the exploitation of the many poorest people who are the very base of the enormous wealth of a few. She says, whether it's politicians, the police, even the churches, They have no reservations to take the last Naira from the poorest. Within her abilities, Amanda does what she can do and has employed two helpers, a housekeeper and a driver. I support their families, she explains. Why does she stress that, I wonder? Sounds quite obvious to me, to create a win-win situation. But it's not that easy. Amanda, as said before, likes to be independent. She didn't find it easy to employ someone to help in the house and to assist her to get through the hellish traffic in Lagos. Hmm. Does she usually decide easily? I ask her. I'm quick to decide on something, Amanda says. But I need for Ever to get used to a change. Once I am decided, I stick to my decision 100%. And this is also true for people, she adds. Once she warms up to someone, and that may take a while, the friendship lasts. She's a loyal soul, Amanda says. And I think to myself, this is apparently also true for her relationship with Nigeria. We now talk about the terms half-caste and Niger wives, and I must admit that I can hardly say them out loud. But no problem for Amanda. Half-caste is an expression which is often used in Nigeria to label so-called mixed-race kids, who have a white and a black parent. Amanda shakes her head, slightly annoyed. Whatever people need to create labels. As said before, she doesn't like to think in categories. It's not important to her if there are any boxes, if a person is this or that. She cares about the single person and his or her descriptors. Her kids are people of color and they did experience difficult situations in Nigeria as well as in Germany. Amanda doesn't hide these stories. I think they're private. Just this. Amanda and her family experienced racism, and those experiences added to their decision to trade their rather comfortable life in Germany with one in Nigeria.
1: I geht say, mehr for long das try to mm-hmm. zu and understand the other side. I do that too, when someone you have to not problems.
0: Amanda says she always trusts people and believes in the good in them. But she did experience racism. She says, If a racist is in my face, I can totally ignore him. Back in Berlin, when someone would insult me, like on the street, I didn't hear his words. He would be... Invisible to me. Bobby, however, he experienced open racism. Bobby, Amanda tells me, always had to be better at work than his white colleagues. His training was less valued. His mistakes counted double. White men couldn't accept him as their boss. Bobby was a tall, strong and confident man, Amanda tells me. He wasn't easily knocked over. But he grew tired after all those years. He spoke German fluently and without any accent. He spoke German better than you and me, Amanda laughs. It was Bobby. Cool. He had not
1: anything, anything. And that was his plus point.
0: If you speak the language manchen. of your host country, Amanda says, you've got the key to be accepted. People who only heard Bobby speak had to believe that he was a man from Berlin City. And he was, Amanda smiles. Only his skin color was different. When people talk to Bobby, she adds, you could see that his different skin color became less and less significant. In her own words, his color would fade. His color would fade. I don't know. When Amanda tells me how the white Germans accepted Bobby only because he spoke German so well, I imagine the scene, I imagine their faces, and it makes me cringe. Amanda, who are the Niger wives? Amanda is a Niger wife. The Niger wives are a women's organization, which supports foreigners who are married to Nigerians. Since 1979, it assists its members when dealing with authorities. It runs various charity projects and helps families in need. Amanda has always been a member and knows many of the ladies who are actively involved. I'm a social person, she says, and I like to get together with other people. I love to chat. I mean, hairdressers always tend to chat too much. And she loves. I think... Groups in general are probably not so much her cup of tea. While her girlfriends are really important to her, and she agrees. She cares for their friendships with the same endless energy that she has to look after the house and to tend her garden. In Amanda's garden, there are pineapple trees, star fruit, a papaya. My, that sounds so exotic. There's always something to do around the house, and Amanda just started a project on new curtains. Daily life in Lagos is exhausting. Every activity, running errands, so time consuming and stressful. I would always be complaining. But Amanda is cut from a different cloth.
1: Deswegen eine Einstellung. When I say, I do it and I will it, I see it through, and for Um eh eh.
0: It's a matter of your approach to life, Amanda tells me. If I'm decided on something, she says, I do it, I find a way. I change what I can change, and if I cannot change it, so be it. But complaining and whining, no, that's not for me. Are you sometimes lonely, I ask her. She needs to reflect about this a while and I can watch how she turns and looks at this word, lonely, as if turning a bizarre object in her hands. No, she finally states, I'm never bored. And I think that's... Such a delightful answer. I never realized that you mostly feel lonely when you're bored. But I think, yeah, it's true. I am, Amanda says, and she knocks on wood. I'm healthy. What a blessing. I have an AC, but I never use it. I just open the windows for a nice breeze. I have two generators, but I only need the smaller one. And I have a washing machine. I mean, washing by hand, no. That wouldn't be fun. Do you have a lot of work in the garden? I ask. She laughs out loud. You know what? I think of my garden like of anything else. Whatever grows, great. Whatever doesn't, tough. I mean, live and let live. Remember, Amanda is from a family who's used to fight and to make the best out of every situation. Dearest Amanda, many thanks for this conversation. It was so much fun to follow your story. Hopefully, we can continue to talk soon. Don't be a stranger. This was Socks, So Called Strangers. I hope you enjoyed the episode. A transcript in English and German and photos of all episodes can be found at socalledstrangers.de. For questions or comments, please contact me at socalledstranger, one stranger, at gmx.net. Don't be a stranger.